and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. Hi everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales success. I'm in the hot seat for this week's episode and I want to talk about a particular bugbear of mine which is salespeople not planning properly for their sales calls. I see this quite a lot when you know, out in the field doing consultancy work, reviewing the performance of our client salespeople. And I see far too many salespeople going into customer visits with a very, very poor idea of what they want to achieve. Sometimes it would appear when I ask them, no idea what they want to achieve. And also not having the, the equipment and things that they need, the things they need to be able to do a good job when they're in when they're in the sales call. Um, so I'll, I shall throw it open to my to my esteemed colleagues uh, Graham Jones and Phil Jessen in a moment. But just to start off with, one of the most important things when you're making a sales visit, and as obvious as this sounds, is you need to be very clear of your objective for the visit. What is the purpose? of the meeting you are having with the customer or the prospective customer. What I see quite a lot with salespeople calling on existing customers is a quite weak or unclear objective which is checking everything's okay or checking that the customer's happy. Now, while obviously you do want to make sure your customers are happy with the service they are achieving, I don't think that's a sales objective. I think that's a service objective. My definition of a sales objective is, um, is one of only three things. One is you identify a new sales opportunity and you qualify that opportunity properly. Secondly, you move an identified opportunity a stage further in the sales process to a close or you close an opportunity, get the business, sign the order, scratch the pad, get the purchase order, whatever whatever you want to you want to call it. So first thing is need to have very specific objectives. One of the most proven things in the whole in the field of psychology, one of the most proven things is that people with very clear targets and goals perform to a higher standard than people who don't who don't have those. That's absolutely um, proven time and time again in the field of psychology, which is Mr. Graham Jones's uh, territory more than it is more than it is definitely mine. So, gentlemen, what else? Planning and preparation for successful sales visits. Mr. Could, I, could I just? raise a concern about your introduction. Do you think some of our listeners will be saying, well, selling is essentially a relationship management yeah. thing and you have to be spontaneous and go with the moment. So there's a, there's a suggestion that some might think that you're, you're planning the hell out of something that is supposed to be spontaneous. So how would you answer them? You can't take a relationship to the back, is how I would answer that. Yes, relationship is very important in sales. Of course it is. And they are often, I'm here to maintain the relationship, improve the relationship, make sure everything's okay. What happens if they're a very, very busy customer? 
And the last thing they want to do is spend 60 to 90 minutes talking about trivia and last weekend's football game with a salesperson who actually bores them, annoys them, wastes their time. And the salesperson thinks, I'm building the relationship. That's what I would throw back at you, sir. <laughs> it wasn't me. I was merely voicing a concern on behalf of our silent listener. But yeah. We'd better move on to you, Graham. I've just yeah. been... I've just been shot down. <laughs> Jesson put back in the corner where he should be. But you see, I think there's a relationship and investing in a relationship. So even in a proper relationship between, you know, two people, husband and wife, whatever it might be, that you invest in that relationship. So you understand your partner and that understanding changes over time and you learn more about them over time and you communicate and you constantly do it. So sometimes the trivia that you discuss as to whether or not last night's Coronation Street was actually any good, it was by the way, but um, whether, you know, that kind of trivia helps you understand that person better. So even though the customer who's saying, I don't want to spend half an hour talking about football and nonsense, actually it's the customer who's failed to prepare for the meeting in that situation because they haven't understood that it's their relationship with their suppliers that's important. Yeah. And so actually both sides need to prepare for these meetings and both sides need to think about some of it is just about relationship building. Even though you're right from the salesperson's perspective, you need to go in with those objectives of am I creating an opportunity here? Am I you know, getting the, the deal closer to progression or am I actually getting the, the order? You know, Where am I in that, that kind of process? They need to have that in mind if that's their objective because you're mm. right that if you don't have an objective in mind mm. the chances of you achieving anything are pretty slim just on the um, subject of objectives says he trying to restore his credibility in the team uh, <clears throat> two other things i would add um you've mentioned simon that a salesperson should have an objective i think they should also have a secondary objective yeah. i where do they go conversationally if it's fairly obvious that objective one is not <coughs> achievable, yeah. uh, a secondary objective, particularly important, of course, if they are in there with their boss, because they can't compare notes on that issue uh, five minutes in. And I think another point on objective is that uh, not only should we have objectives, but just to pick up Graham's point, are we actually saying, conversationally, two minutes in to the meeting, looking the customer in the eye and saying, what was it you wanted to get out of today's meeting? Brackets, your objectives by any other other word. And I think depending on the customer and the stage you're at and the relationship and the formality of the customer, an agenda in advance might be, or at least a purpose for the meeting is important for the customer to to understand, as to to pick up on Graham's point, because they're less likely to bump you out of the diary if they're clear on what the purpose of the meeting is and how that meeting might be beneficial to, to, to them. In um, <clears throat> Ham Kalsa and Randy Illig's book that I think I've mentioned previously, Let's Get Real or Let's Not Play, they talk about the concept of having an end in mind, rather like mm. um, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yeah. What's, what's your end in mind for the meeting? I think they do, if I recall correctly, they describe it as what do you want the customer to think or believe or do or say as a result of the meeting, and that creates a very clear... That's an outcome thinking, very, yeah, isn't it? very clear outcome, and then you have an opening statement yep. um, at an appropriate moment. Once you have obviously done the uh, usual rapport building and, mm. and relationship building, which of course is very, very important, despite 
me poking fun at Phil about it. Uh, you know, fundamentally, they've got to buy you before they'll buy your product or service. Yep. The more comfortable, from a neuroscience point of view, their brain is with you as a person, the more receptive their brain is to you. So that, you know, there is some very good now scientific and psychological evidence to support the importance of relationship. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but a good relationship doesn't necessarily get you sales. No. No, but but the importance of establishing those joint objectives is really important. There's yeah. research recently that shows that m- meetings in business generally are a complete waste of time. We know we know that yes. many meetings yeah. just end up nowhere other than you know arranging another meeting to follow up the things in the meeting that nobody actually did, and you you just go on forever yeah. with those kind of things. The most productive meetings often tend to be quite short. But they are productive not because they're short, but because those meetings have had joint objectives agreed by all the people who were going to attend that meeting in advance. So rather yeah. than, you know, the boss saying this is what I want to achieve in the meeting, turn up, those other people are turning up without any buy-in to those objectives, and therefore the meeting never achieves its objectives. Yeah. So if you're if you're trying to meet with a customer, part of your advanced preparation should be negotiating with them what your joint objectives for the next sales call are going to be. And then you both arrive having got your minds into that mental state of this is what we're going to achieve in this meeting. Mm. On the other hand, it might be that you don't actually need a sales call at that point because you can agree your objectives over the phone and deal with whatever it needs to be done that way. And that's also a useful positive outcome. But it means that rather than you going, I go to this meeting with my objectives to sell however much, You've got to work out from the customer what their objectives are mm. and you jointly agree the objectives of the meeting and that's a really good bit of preparation because then those objectives are likely to be met. Mm. Yeah, and that's a really powerful part because one of the dangers of sales objectives is they're sometimes set in isolation of the customer and that's a little bit old school. I'm going to go in, I'm going to sell 10,000 widgets to you know to, yeah. Mr. S- to Mr. Smith and... Um, you know, that without having a conversation with Mr. Smith about your widgets, how they relate to his business, and most importantly, what's important to him first. Mm. So, and that, that would lead me on to also thinking about preparation, what questions you need to ask. Or actually, yeah. I, prefer, I prefer what information do you need and allow the questions to sort of take care of themselves rather mm. than planning your questions. It becomes too scripted, I think, and artificial. But what information do you need to ask? So, what information do you need to get? What questions do you need to ask to get that? And what, what questions might the customer ask? Can I, can I give you yeah. an example of yeah, two, two questions which I think should uh, come early in the batting order? Uh, one would be that sort of clearing the decks question. Uh, as simple as, um, are we still okay for 45 minutes? Because sometimes the customer will say, uh, well, I just need to make this quick phone call, and then I'm okay. Or the customer might say, well, actually, I'm not okay for 45 minutes. I know I said that on the phone, but something's come up. Can we keep this to 20 minutes? And we'll reschedule something on another day. So as a salesperson, you need to know that. Otherwise, you'll be talking to somebody who is clearly distracted. Uh, And I think another question that should come early in the running order is the decision-making process question. Uh, Who, apart from yourself, Fred, would also be involved in this decision, blah, 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 because if the customer turns around and says, well, my partner, Terry, uh, then we might uh, say, well, is Terry available now? Uh, Etc., etc., rather than find 45 minutes later, 
uh, that we've got to come back because we're missing half of the decision-making process. So although sometimes salespeople are a little bit awkward about asking that question early, if it's asked appropriately, I think it has to come early, not later. I think, so go on, I was go say, I think the answer to what questions you ask comes from poetry. And uh, it's a little rhyme that uh, was written by Rudyard Kipling, because Rudyard Kipling was, uh, you may recall, not just a novelist, uh, but also the India correspondent for the Times newspaper. So he was oh, okay. a journalist by yeah. profession, and you know, we know him for writing The Jungle Book or whatever. Um, that was a sideline. I thought he made cakes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was his brother. Um, but uh, Rudyard Kipling, as a journalist talking to people, had this little rhyme. And it went, I have six honest serving men. They taught me all I knew. Their names are what and why and when and where and how and who. And so those six questions of what and why and when and where and how and who, it doesn't matter what follows that. You know, what time would you like to finish today? Um when would you like to finish today? How would you like to finish today? It doesn't matter. Uh, it will get you to a, an objective. You know, so you know, who uh, sh- else should I speak to in the business? So it, as long as you start a question with one of those, whereas if yeah. you start a question with is it, it gives people the opportunity to say no. Those six serving men that Rudyard Kipling gave us <clears throat> are completely open questions, and there has to be some kind of yes. discussion as a result of those questions. Yeah, um, so, you know, should we do this? Yes, no. You don't want any of those kind of closed questions. So, as long as you ask those questions in establishing prior to the meeting and at the beginning of the meeting, as Phil says, what's going to happen, that's really good. But I think there's a lot more preparation you should do other than just working out what questions you're going to ask. Yeah. And kind of just, just as a quick culture check for any of our listeners outside the United Kingdom, uh, um, Kipling is the name of a cake manufacturer in the UK. And I should have mentioned earlier, Coronation Street is a very popular soap opera on British television. So in terms of it's other... very pro- popular in America and Australia oh, and New I'm Zealand and South Africa. Graham is much more worldly wise than I am, uh, <laughs> my humble, uh, lovely listener. Um, so uh, just a quick sales 101. Graham was mentioning open and closed questions. Open questions, we all know this designed to encourage the customer to talk closed questions used to clarify and control closed questions are not bad questions no, no, despite what your sales no, but trainer might preparation you need to ask open questions and you said yep. other preparation other than questions Mr Jones well, you can find out the state of this business that you're going to speak with there's this thing called Google yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it but you could you know, type in finding out information about them, not just their website, but news websites, places where other people are writing about them. You know, you could find out blog posts. You could get lots of information, and you could get that. The Prospects LinkedIn page, presumably. The the LinkedIn page, their Twitter account. But recently, I was with a client, and I'd done my preparation before, including looking up the chief executive's name on Facebook, and discovered there he was on Facebook. And so in the meeting, I was able to talk to him about that wonderful picture of him doing the bucket challenge. You remember remember the bucket challenge? Yes, the ice bucket. The ice bucket challenge. And there there was a picture of him on his Facebook page of him doing this. And so I was able to ask him how much money was he able to raise uh, for charity. And Mm. he suddenly realised that actually I'd done a lot of homework about him, about the business, and so on. So... 
And that, you know, helped boost the relationship because we were then talking about the fact he'd raised, you know, several thousand pounds for charity and that his business wants to support charity and so on and so forth. Now, if I'd not looked him up on Facebook, I wouldn't have known that he'd done the Ice Bucket Challenge. I would not have been able to introduce that into the conversation and we'd have made no progress. Mm. I mean, I sometimes say to, to, to salespeople, so it's a slightly tongue-in-cheek comment, but what used to be the best question to ask a customer in sales is now the worst question. And that question is, please tell me about your business or please tell me about your organisation. You should know now. There's no excuse. You don't have to... You're not talking 30 years ago where you'd have to go to your local business library to find out. It takes you 60 seconds on the internet. You know, the minimum, minimum research is review of the website and and things like Mm. like you say. You know, the more potentially important the customer is or could be, the more I think you need to know. Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, looking up who are they connected with on LinkedIn because they'll know somebody you know or they'll have worked at a company that you used to do business with. Yeah. And you can talk about that. And from a relationship point of view, you know, occasionally you have a lucky break. You want to see a customer who went to the same university I went to. Mm. And you you, sometimes you get those sort of... You know connections, and you've got an obvious topic that just just helps. To, I, to I'm playing with words here, but Graham's comment about you know having done your homework. When you think about that, it's actually yeah. what are these people doing at home? So that little phrase, "Have we done our homework?" Do we know what they're actually doing in their home lives as well as their business lives? Yeah, absolutely. Because then, you know, and, and also I think sometimes that helps you find topics to avoid. Yes, as yeah. well. You know, there are certain there are certain topics that, that might be quite innocent with one person, but are uh, you know potentially, you know, people's passion for certain sports and hobbies and things, or you know, you know other 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 things in their lives. You know, is just topics to just 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 be careful. Yeah. So if you knew the chief executive that you're about to speak to is a Chelsea fan, you wouldn't want to say you know how's. Are you a football fan? Because you know he's going to be or she's going to be in absolute misery at the moment, um, because they're not you know they're not doing so well, just hovering around the um, relegation zone as we record this. So you know you wouldn't want to introduce that into the conversation because you've already made them feel bad by that point. And my other, allow me to climb back onto my uh, back onto my soapbox about prepping to take with you what you need in the customer meeting if that's that's the obvious thing it depends on your industry you know samples leaflets brochures product specifications uh, your presentation usually now you're going to be making it off a laptop or a tablet or something something like that is it fully charged is the screen clean of fingerprints how are you going to connect to the projector if there is a projector have you got your own projector and, and I, I kind of challenge salespeople that the you should be able to answer 95 to 98, 99% of any question the customer asks you about your products or services on the spot with an all-important 1% or 2% for those difficult technical questions where the correct response is, I really ought to check on that before I, before I come back to you. But if you say, I don't know or I'm not sure too many times, that is going to come across as unplanned, unprepared or potentially that you lack confidence, credibility in, in front of them. And then yeah. that's not going to go down well. No, there's just good. one thing, if you're not quite fully prepared, uh, there's a service on the internet called Lintelus. So L-I-N-T-E-L-U-S. So L-I-N-T-E-L-U-S dot com. And what that allows you to do is upload whole loads of uh, PDFs, PowerPoints, documents, yep. and store them there. And then... 
you're in the room and you suddenly realise you need to present this to somebody because that's just come up in conversation, but you yeah. haven't set your projector up, you haven't done anything, but you need to show them and it's difficult to show. If you go to your presentations, you just say, hang on a minute, I'll just show you that. You go to your lintelist.com account and you get the document up and you can then stream that document to their mobile phone, their iPad, their laptop, and they can see on their screen, their laptop in front of them, the order, so you choose which slide to show them, and it comes up on their computer. Yeah. So uh, you're then projecting it to them without having set up a projector. So it's so a very good service for those instant needs nice. for presentations. Like that. Yeah, nice. I mean, that's, that sounds like... Preparation and planning, rather than winging it, you know, making because you, yeah, you, you can't you can't anticipate can't yeah. anticipate. I mean, uh, Graham, Phil, and myself are all uh, professional speakers as, as as well as doing the sales chat show. And uh, you know, if we are using slides, for example, we will always turn up. We will have sent them in advance to the conference organizer. We'll have them on our own our own laptop on our own tablet. We're often got them backed up onto a memory stick just in case, and they'll be stored in the cloud somewhere as well. So whatever happens. Yep. We're okay because sometimes the organisers lose things, yep. or they, you know, their their equipment crashes, yep. and that's just about the thing about being professional. Yeah, and whatever whatever it is, whatever it is you do. Uh, I guess also other things I have on my pre-call planner: any customer concerns to anticipate, things you, you know, anticipating in advance, things that they're potentially going to say, and particularly as way of preparation, any appropriate case studies or testimonials that you have ready to talk to them <coughs> about testimonials as closely aligned to their business as possible. A, mm. a small 10-person business is not likely to be particularly swayed by your example of how you helped a giant like Coca-Cola and, and vice versa, the other way around. Yeah. A very large, very large Fortune 500 corporation is not going to be particularly impressed with how you helped a, a, a mum and dad, mom and pop, two-person two, two two yeah. business. So appropriate things. So you come across... Prepared, planned, confident, professional. Increases the customer's sense of certainty and, and positivity in you. The other thing is preparation for clothing and how you appear. Yes. Because the kind of clothing you wear for customer A to establish rapport and relationship building might not necessarily be the same kind of clothing you wear for customer B. Yeah. Because customer A is an old-fashioned, formal kind of person where they expect you to be there in jacket and tie, whereas the next customer down the road is modern, and if you're sat there in jacket and tie and everybody else around you is in polo shirt and jeans, yes, you're not yeah. going to create that rapport. So knowing the kind of clothing you need to wear is really important. So having change of clothes in your car is often necessary to help build that relationship so you appear right to them. Hundred percent, and I think uh, dress business dress is getting increasingly less yeah. less formal. But I think the general guidance, uh, gentlemen, I appreciate your thoughts, is you can always come down. It's harder That's to right. go, harder to go up. Yeah. So I broadly speaking have ties on and ties off customers, yeah. and then I have some what I would call smart casual customers yeah. where they'll be in jeans and a t-shirt, yeah. and I, can, I, I have an interesting two clients in one in the city of London where it's pinstripe suits yeah. and ties a good old city city uh, insurance firm and then a client not many miles away from there where they're all sitting in there with jeans yeah. and t-shirts so I have to do a I have to do a rapid um, uh, casualization. how's that for yeah. all oh, word of the day <coughs> casualization. Yeah, like I just that. invented that 
<laughs> in order that'll to, do because if, if you walk into the, this high tech you know, yeah. full of full of Gen Ys, all in t-shirts and jeans, and you walk in fully suited and booted, you're going to stand out. We're going, to, we're going to leave our listeners with the image of you getting your trousers off in the car. I think we just better sort of wrap this one up. <laughs> so, any last closing thoughts, gentlemen, around planning and preparation for successful sales calls that we've not covered? No, I would make the obvious comment that um, uh, success is won or lost in the preparation stage. Simple yeah. as that for me. Yeah. I just think you can never do too much preparation, but you can always do too little. Yes. And I would just close by saying I'm really sorry to go on around planning and preparation because every salesperson is bored with it. It happens at every single training program you ever do, doesn't it? Presentation skills, prepare. Sales training, prepare. Negotiation training, prepare. There's a clue there. Planning and planning and preparation, as they say in the American military, prevents a particularly poor performance. Oh, that's very politically correct. That's the polite. That's the polite. So, uh, in summary, clear goals, shared goals with your customer. Think about the information you're going to need and the information the customer's going to need. Clear the decks, as Phil was saying, before you start. Understand the decision-making process. Do your research in advance. Have you done your homework? homework on the personal characteristics of the person lintless.com and as a, as a solution and then uh, making sure you are correctly attired for the for the meeting so that was a fantastic session on planning and preparation wish you every success with planning and preparing for your sales calls our lovely listeners so this is graham jones phil jesson and simon hazeldean for the saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this week's episode folks You have been listening to an episode of The Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at The Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 